Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll spend our time in verses 26 through 42 of the 14th chapter in Mark. Have you ever sworn something like, well, I will never do such and such, and then done it? That's what can happen when we rely on our own strength as fallen human beings. Sometimes we make statements like this because of strong emotions in the moment, or we really do think that we alone have the power to overcome our own inherent weakness in especially difficult circumstances. Well, before we start throwing stones at Peter for the failure we'll begin to look at this week, we should realize we are made of the same stuff and possess all the same weakness. The good news is, as believers in Christ, we don't ever have to rely on our own strength to stand in difficult times. We can lean into his strength. And when we do fail in this way, as we all have, the better news is, Jesus won't let us fall into a place that we deserve, where there is no hope. He sustains us. Here is today's segment of the sermon entitled, Dismal Night for the Disciples. There's something very significant that Mark didn't record, but the Apostle John did. Everything that is included in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 fits chronologically in the white space between Mark 14, 25 and Mark 14, 26. It becomes very obvious from our perspective why Jesus prevented Judas from knowing where this place was so that Judas couldn't do his evil deed during that meal. It was going to be around that table at that meal that night that Jesus delivered some of the most precious words and some of the most magnificent promises in all the Bible. He was telling them, in advance about the age in which we live, after He would go to the cross, after He would um, rise from the dead, after He would ascend to the Father, after He would send the the Holy Spirit to um, empower His people. It was about the the hatred of the world that they could expect. It's it's precious stuff. And if, if you want a blessing, go home today and read John 14, 15, 16, and 17. As a matter of fact, that offer stands anytime. You'll always be blessed as you read those chapters. John includes a lot more teaching than the other uh, gospels do, less action, more instruction. So uh, only John included the foot washing, that's in chapter 13, and then everything in 14 through 17. Well, after that great teaching and before they sang that hymn, Jesus prayed a prayer. It's the longest of any of His prayers recorded in the Bible. That's John chapter 17. So 14, 15, 16, the teaching, chapter 17, is uh, the real Lord's Prayer. We label the disciples' prayer usually in Mark uh, 6 as the Lord's Prayer, but actually the Lord praying is what's in John chapter 17. And do you realize in this majestic prayer of Jesus, you are the subject of part of it. You need to know that 
Jesus was thinking about you, among other things, when He went to the cross. He prayed specifically, not only for these, referring to His uh, 12, well, the remaining 11 disciples, but He says also for those who believe in Me through their word, through the apostolic writing, through the, through, through the Scriptures. That's, that's us. And according to what Jesus prayed that night, He prayed that God the Father will keep you and protect you. Do you realize that that means you are perfectly secure in Christ? God does answer the prayers of His Son. He also prayed that you would have the fullness of His joy in your life. Do you realize that nothing can make you happier than knowing and following Jesus Christ? He prayed that you will be safe from the evil one as you live in this world, which is not your home. And this world is the domain of the evil one who is the God of this age, the God of this world. So do you realize that that means that you are the object of God's special protection? You are, to use the words of John chapter 10, you are safe in His hand and no one can get you out of it. All that and and more was in his prayer. He prayed about his plan for you to live in this world as his representative, for you to be one of the ones that carries the baton of the gospel and, and passes it on. So do you realize that there are people whom Jesus wants you to introduce to him and that he has a plan for you being alive right now in this generation, at this time, in this city, in the neighborhood, that you live in at the place that you work with the, with, with the relatives, good, bad, and ugly, that'll be around your table at Christmas. He has you there, and it's all part of His plan. I was listening to something on the way to church this morning, and a um, guy that does evangelism, I don't even remember his name, was saying, you know, this is the way that people are. You, you say, we, you know, we, we did this uh, outdoor crusade we shared, uh, we, we preached the gospel here, and, and they say, how many people did you lead to Christ? And he had the great answer. He said, every single one of them. And now it's up to them what they do with where we led them. Great perspective, isn't it? We are part of his plan. All that and more was on the mind of Jesus as he finished up that Passover meal, as he prayed that prayer, as he went to the garden, as he prayed again, as he gave himself to those who came to arrest him. Now, that's all background to the text before us. Today, we're going to kind of major on the 11 remaining disciples. And I called this a dismal night for disciples. They floundered in the fog of the mixture of their love for Jesus with their excruciating fatigue, having followed Him around for all that had been happening that week, their still limited understanding of, of what was happening. This wasn't their best night. We're going to look at Mark 14, 26 through 42. 
and we'll take two parts out of the text. Number one, we will die with you, say these big brave disciples. And secondly, these aren't the exact words in your Bible, but it's like they said, but we need a nap. All right, let's look at this. We will die with you. Uh, That majestic prayer, John 17, was in the presence of the disciples. Jesus apparently wanted them to eavesdrop on. He wanted them to hear what he was asking. Now is going to come a much different prayer, one that will take place in private, just between Jesus and the Father. The next prayer that we're going to see here, we would not know about except that it was made known to us by special revelation through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Have you pondered how you would do if you were there that night with those 11? I have a really good idea. You'd have fallen on your face too. You would have run away too. But we have the whole story now. Have you pondered the depth of your commitment to Jesus Christ and how it would hold up If you were in the crucible of intense persecution, do you remember the story, now famous, of the the high school girl whose name I can't remember, but she was at Columbine High School 20 years ago on the day of the the massacre there? She was known by um, the murderers, known to the murderers as as a Christian, and one of the murderers pointed his gun at her head and said something like, Do you still believe in Jesus Christ? And she answered, yes. And in that moment of his demonic anger and bitterness, he squeezed that trigger and spread around the room the messy remains of a now empty body. And he sent that dear girl instantly into the presence of Jesus Christ. How do you think you would hold up in a moment like that? You know, that's, that's pretty brave. That's, that's taking a stand. But do you know what? That's not likely to happen to you. The more likely scenario is a whole lot harder than one instant decision to stand for your Lord. More realistically, it's how do you hold up when someone around you starts mocking your Lord? How do you hold up when somebody rather relentlessly on the job makes fun of you for believing in Jesus Christ? Or how do you do when the moment presents itself in which you have a wide open opportunity to explain to to someone that the most important thing about you in your life is to know God through Jesus Christ and to, and to glorify Him forever. Those are the more likely scenarios when you will be put to the test. Do you speak up or do you just slink away or change the subject or just clam up? Well, Jesus knew the state of the disciples that night. And here's something really interesting. He knew... Every single one of them was going to crumble. Nevertheless, he made sure he didn't abandon them, even though they abandoned him. Let's look at how he warns them and then how this unfolds. Verse 27 in Mark 14. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. 
because it is written, and now he interestingly pulls out Zechariah 13, verse 7, and he, he makes an application. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.